Blog Talk Radio. Nowadays, there's a lot of talk about hate crimes. There's an entire body of laws against hate crimes. Everybody seems to be worried about hate. Hate appears to be the gravest problem of our time. But hate is good. Hate gives a structure to our life. Hate gives us a reason to exist, a focus, something to strive for, an identity. Hate is energy, pure energy, provided by Mother Nature herself. Hate enables us to see through lies and pretense, and helps us to concentrate on the essential. Hate is democratic. Even the rich and the powerful cannot hate more than their slaves and subjects. And soon, hate may well be all that we have left. Hate emancipates. Without hate for slavery, you cannot break your shackles. And without hate for injustice, there can be no justice. The greatest achievements of the human race have grown from hate, and from the ability to control hate. Hate separates humans from animals. Animals do not hate, but humans do. Humans can hate for decades, sometimes their entire life. We can even pass hate on to our children and keep hate alive for centuries. Hate is a sign of abstract intellect, for only humans can hate people they have never seen or met, and only humans can hate concepts and processes. How can we know what love is? if we refuse to recognize and understand hate. Love and hate are the two opposite sides of the same coin. Without hate, we are only halflings. In order to be complete, we need hate. Only fools talk endlessly about love, but forget the hate. Hate separates us from the meek and docile masses. Do not fear hate. Do not deny or reject hate. Accept hate. Embrace hate. Learn to know it and learn to use it. Hate is your most powerful weapon, a hidden source of your strength. Do not deny it from you. What the liberal elite fears most in this world is our ability to hate, because our hate will one day be the most revolutionary force on the planet. Our hate will destroy and create empires.
we're going to go ahead and begin at the beginning here. We're not saying anyone should be forced to be pro-white. All we're saying is that whether anyone likes it or not, white people have the right to be pro-white. White people have the right to a sense of racial consciousness, racial identity, and racial pride. We have the right to date, to marry white, and to raise our white children to be pro-white. We have the right to love our own people, and to raise our children to love themselves and their people. And above all else, white people have the right to unify, organize, and fight back against the rising tidal wave of anti-white hatred. Don't like it? Too fucking bad. That's your problem, not ours. The anti-white powers that be want you to believe that you don't have a right to be victorious. They want pro-whites to be defeated, broken, and conquered. But we have no intention of surrendering to their intimidation. Pro-white means supporting whites' rights to a collective sense of racial consciousness, identity, and pride. It means supporting whites' rights to pursue self-determination in our collective racial destiny. Whether anyone likes it or not, the white race has a right to be pro-white. White people don't lack in numbers. What we lack is unity. If we can figure out how to unify, organize, and fight back, show's over. We win. Historically speaking, when white people finally say enough is enough, the entire world trembles beneath our collective footsteps. But a kingdom that has once been destroyed can never come again into being, nor can the dead ever be brought back to life.
to the Resolution Radio Network at ResolutionRDO.com. You are listening to the St. Thomas Show, and I'm your host, Sonny Thomas. If you want to call in or listen out, it's area code 607-203-5423. That's area code 607-203-5423. You can follow us on uh, various social media. Ron Wimkin, Getter. Parlor, Twitter, and Telegram at St. Thomas Show. You can also follow us uh, on Wimkin, Getter, Gab, and Telegram at Resolution RDO, and on Twitter at Resolution RDO and the number one. Okay, so we are, um, huh. Not the cover this. That's an interesting thing. I'm actually reading something real quick. So just saw a Phil Collin of Def Leppard dresses his retirement. I'm going, what? So I don't see. Yeah, he's not going to do it. He's in very good shape. Matter of fact, you ever seen that guy? He typically plays shirtless now, and he's got a fucking six-pack on, dude. I mean, he looks every bit as rock-solid as Brett Michaels does, if not more so. So I just I just don't see that happen. I was like, just flip it through here real quick. I saw it. I was like, what? <laughs> if Phil Collin fucking retires from Def Leppard, there is no Def Leppard. <laughs> it's, they're done. But a lot of these guys, and, and I've brought this up many times on the show before, we have to really – Make sure you check to see all these legacy artists because they are leaving us. They are retiring. They're having health issues, and some are just outright dying. So we have to make sure that uh, you enjoy these artists while you can because pretty soon you'll be the one wearing a T-shirt says, says um, I may be vintage, but I saw all the cool bands because <laughs> a lot of the new bands today just don't have it. They also don't have the longevity. Um, not to mention these other bands have already had years and miles behind them to build a catalog to be able to listen to. One of the things I always enjoyed as as a young listener was getting into an established band because I felt like it was a better treat for me because I had a lot more records to listen to. You know, I don't care if I was listening to, you know, Thin Lizzy, Pink Floyd, Kiss or whatever. These guys already had more than 10, 15 albums in many cases that I could go listen to, including live records. So, I mean, you know, hey, that was a, a best thing for me, as opposed to some of the bands that came out just as I started getting into music heavily, Poison, Cinderella, and some of these other bands, only had, you know, they're already on their first album. And really, on those first tours is the best time you ever get to hear all those songs, because that's all they have on their plate so far is what's on their first record. Uh, so, being, again, a lot of cool bands that I had gotten into at that time, they have already had at least two or three records out, like Rat, um, Wasp already had a few records out. So, I mean, you know, a lot of these cool bands were already uh, starting to get some decent stuff on them and, and building their careers. So that was always an interesting thing. But, again, a lot of these artists, especially when they announce the farewell tours, a lot of them are generally this is their farewell tour because of given their age. For example, in 2015 – I got to see Kenny Rogers on the, the Gambler's Last Deal tour, which was his way of saying thank you for nearly 50 years 
of um, of a music career uh, before his retirement, and then he died uh, in 20, 2020 uh, during the COVID thing. So his his death was really masked um, because of the fact that it had nothing to do with COVID, but he was already having some health issues. So that really sucks because uh, you know he was many times over listed as one of the greatest uh, singers of all time in American history. I mean, and, and not that, but even the records he had still came out with later in his career was still good. Matter of fact, um, there's a song called Water and Bridges. I think it's actually the same album. Excellent, excellent song. Talk A, a song talk about kind of uh, regrets. Um, excellent fucking song, man. Matter of fact, I, I should just probably go play it here, but um, you know, that came out, I think, in like 2000... I want to say 2006, 2008, somewhere. And the last album he did was, um, um, oh God, was it? Uh, oh, you can't, you can't make old friends. So yeah, I think I think that was a title, and that was also a duet between him and Dolly, uh, basically singing about uh, what happens when one of them's gone. You know, when I'm on that stage singing the song, who's who's going to be singing your parts? I mean, it's somber, but it, it's a reality check. You know, and, and, and it's always appreciative when I some of these artists you listen to, they're not just writing songs about partying and girls and good fast times and all that shit. Some of them really think about life. That's one of the things I've always gravitated towards Poison is that especially by their second album, they were singing more songs about life, uh, especially by a third record. I mean, a lot of stuff is in there. So Leonard Skinner, every song they ever sang about pretty much was songs that they had lived. So. A lot of it's very uh, autobiographical in many ways. Either remember the band or the singer singing about things that happened to him, and not just the chick that he banged on the last tour, you know. But I mean, um, but that in itself too is also something to celebrate because most of the subject matter in rock songs are sung by males about women. We love women. They're the, 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 it's the yin and yang. I mean, it's our opposites. In many cases, our better halves. Uh, a lot of women keep us in check. Other women get us in a lot of trouble. So, I mean, there's a lot of things there that are much to talk about. You know, women are a phenomenon. Plus, they bear children, and they're the defenders of the hearth and home. I mean, there's a lot of things that traditional roles of women need to be respected. And as feminist bullshit, it's just something else to fucking talk about. I mean, you know, matter of fact, I saw a... If you haven't seen it, you've got to watch the documentary Europa, the the, the last battle, because it's very very powerful. Um, it really just makes you go, holy shit! But um, there's a couple of sections there where they really focus a lot on what Herr uh, Hitler did as chancellor, and it really really makes you go, wow, dude! What, why wouldn't the head of state have done something like that? You know? So I found an excellent quote. Um, on the very topic, and I had uh, I had typed it out so I could uh, actually um, share it on social media. It says the phrase "emancipation of women" is only an invention of the Jewish intellect, and its content is stamped with the same spirit. In the really good periods of German life, the German woman never needed to emancipate herself. The so-called granting of equal rights to women, which Marxism demands. In reality, does not grant equal rights, but constitutes a deprivation of rights, since it draws the woman into an area which she 
will be will be necessarily inferior. The woman has her own battlefield. For every child that she brings into the world, she fights her battle for the nation. That's Adolf Hitler's um, view on feminism. And you cannot disagree with that. What's amazing is when some guys do man-on-the-street stuff, they'll post quotes, and they'll say, oh, who do you think said this? Oh, that sounds like something Trump said. Nope, Barack Obama. No shit? Yep, Barack Obama. Or you, you post something, especially before they're in a major office, and it's like, well, I can't disagree with that. Well, you know who said that? This guy. Oh, no shit? He actually said that? Or if I give you a quote and then say, yeah, I would totally agree with that. I say, well, who said that? Adolf Hitler. No fucking way. I mean, they're actually a complete shock. So, or someone's going, that's not something Trump would say. No, it was Adolf Hitler. So, we need to really look at that historical period and realize that the Allies have lied to us the whole time. A prime example of that is the Caton Forest Massacre, where the Soviets murdered 22,000 Polish uh, political and military um, leaders and, and just masked them and did, and did mass graves. Uh, I mean, and it, it, took a, it took some years to investigate it, but it wasn't until 1990 when Russia finally admitted that, yes, it happened. So even though they admitted that it was the Soviets that actually shot all those people, and yet they made it try to look like the Nazis did it, wearing Nazi uniforms, for my example, for, for my understanding, um, the Allies already knew this, but they kept it hidden for 50 fucking years. So what I can't understand is, is you don't realize is that this absolves the Germans, the Nazis, and the Fuhrer himself from that atrocity because they did not do it. So where's the recourse? Not to mention, when is ever Churchill going to be acknowledged for the war criminal that he is? What do we have to do? Wait till all these fucking sand niggers get into power in Britain and then they go at, attack every historical British figure? And if they can find anything they can say, I mean, if they can take one comment John Wayne said and try to eradicate his entire career, then... Why can't they use this? Oh, hell, just the fucking terror bombings he did in fucking Dresden alone is a war crime. We know they're talking about the famine he did in fucking India. You know, he starved uh, the Bengalis. Four million of them fucking died because he he stole fucking rice from them and shit. You know, because he hated fucking Indians almost as much as he hated Germans. But again, motherfucker got away murder. So what I understand is when you look at all this shit and all the atrocities that just Churchill did alone, and again, because Roosevelt died the last few months of the war and Truman got in, uh, most people try to portray Winston Churchill as the leader of the free West against Nazis and fascists. They never talk about FDR. Now, unlike our grandparents, if you're about my age, my grandparents, you know, I actually didn't I, – I know my grandpa was, was a Democrat. I didn't really, really brag too much about FDR. Uh, but I know other people that did. Uh, even, even, you know, I got other family members who, whose uh, parents who, who were that, of that generation shit loved FDR. And then realized that the tyranny that he was actually doing in the background, especially some of the shit he was trying to pull. You know, even, even talk about expanding the Supreme Court back then as well. Especially bragging about the he he could appoint the judges, so he gets the judges as nearly as he wants to do his bidding. 
That's the definition of tyranny, ladies and gentlemen. But what they did to to the Germans is absolute atrocity, especially to innocent uh, elderly women and children in many of those cities. I mean, just the absolute wiping of an entire city off the face of the earth with all the incendiaries and things they did like that. You know, and again, this is absolutely disgusting, and these fuckers got away with it. Hopefully Winston Churchill's in a fucking vat of hot, boiling shit and burning for all eternity. Because he's a motherfucker. The more and more you really find about this fucking debutante, you really realize he's a dick. So, I mean, you know, we got to – same with uh, – more people really start to dive into Abraham Lincoln and realize he's not the great savior that he, everybody claims him to be. The guy was a fucking tyrant. He was also paranoid and, and uh, um, had some other issues and shit. So, like I said, we start looking at history – through the proper lens of what happened and, and really discovering the documents and the reasons why these things happened and what happened during those conflicts, you're like, holy shit. It's like everyone wants to paint a broad brush on certain members, especially of the, the generalships of the Confederacy. I mean, everybody wants to just say, oh, Nathan Bedford Forrest is probably the most evil fucking Confederate general ever lived just because he was, a, he was linked in with the Klan, you know? So, I mean, my point is that um, when you really start looking at the guy's background, you know, what he was doing, what he was, uh, he's a southerner, he's just, that was the, you know, obviously slave trade was big business back then. Yes, he sold a lot of slaves and, and, and uh, moved them around, you know, businessman. It's nothing more, nothing personal. But a lot of blacks that actually knew Nathan Bedford Forrest in Memphis, um, Always remarked how how um, well mannered he was, that he actually wasn't nasty towards blacks. That many men had, had very positive things to say about him. Yeah, even Confederates that were actually in his army that were black um, did not have uh, any bad situations to say about him. You know, but the thing that really gets me is uh, when you start looking what what he did as tactics and things like that, and how much he was besmirched by the media, trying to make him look like he's a war criminal and all this other shit. They just hated the guy because he was good at what he did. And not to mention the fact that in many cases, he was out there by himself, raining hell, with, uh, firing every bullet he had in his fucking gun at the, at the Union Army, and uh, <laughs> never got shot. He got injured a few times. They had, he had multiple horses shot out from under him. Point is, you know, the guy was a fucking warrior. And this is another reason why they want to take down our statues, because of the simple fact that they don't want to have us to have any inspirational figures to, to use as resistance. So, prime example, um, John Hill, who is a descendant of General A.P. Hill, which will obviously be like a great, great, great grandnephew or something like that, um, fought to try to keep his monument there in Richmond especially his as being the most unique because of the fact that his remains actually were uh, entombed underneath, underneath the monument. So, because he had already been moved at least once before, if not twice. Uh, he was buried near where he had fallen. He, I think he was moved one more time after that, and then finally, finally interred in Richmond. And then they lost the court battle to try to keep the shit there, and especially since in, in many southern states, it is forbidden to remove any type of monument that, that is over a grave because it's desecration. 
when they try to get some of these statues taken down, like uh, one of the advantages of Nathan Bedford Forrest's monument is that his, him and his wife's remains are both underneath the uh, monument. They still manage to fucking get there and take that fucker out, move him to another cemetery, and his gorgeous equestrian statue is basically put in storage somewhere. So, I mean, again, uh, we can't have any inspirations for our people. And this is what's happening, boys and girls, is that we are starting to get invaded. This is the clergy plan on steroids because all the darkies are coming into white countries. And then to top that off, they're using the cloud and pivot strategy to overwhelm the welfare system so they have to be nationalized. Once they become nationalized, they will be fully controlled by a Democrat majority is what they're shooting for. I can tell you this. If Biden gets another term, which there's a very good possibility that fucker is going to get fraudulently reelected, or even worse, um, he steps out and they bring Newsom in. He's a young buck, so he's going to be there a while. Um, they are going to try to pu- push a mass amnesty. Once they push a mass amnesty, we'll be outvoted overnight. Overnight. We will instantly become a minority in this country. We're already at the 51 percentile now, maybe even less than that. I think it's actually in the late 40s. So only because there's not enough of the other demographic to take over us, but we are quickly becoming a minority in our own country, just like in Britain. Officially, 51% of Britain is now darkies. They are not British. They're not replicating enough, and and the girls are being fucking groomed, assaulted, and murdered on the streets of Britain. And where is the fucking outrage? Oh, no. Look what happens in Ireland. They're trying to bring all these fuckers in Ireland and says, no, Ireland is full. Now they passed the hate speech law where basically you can't even talk about that issue. Well, this, this is what happens when you let, have socialized governments take your fucking guns. So you need to step up and say, hey, man, fuck all y'all. So again, and, and to my, I want to say, political uh, colleague over there, Julian Bunton, I don't know why that you would not advocate for United Ireland. Why would you want the northern counties of Ireland to stay with Britain? First of all, Britain is always shit on the Irish. It's obvious. And then, of course, course now Sinn Féin now has gone fucking completely liberal and pushing pride shit. So, I mean, they're completely useless now. There there are no resistance ever since Jerry Adams signed a tree treatment basically – they all went fucking pussy with and became beta males. So Sinn Féin doesn't exist anymore. For fuck's sake, don't you guys fucking know? You're being run by the crown. You thought you'd get out of this? I mean, these fuckers don't work. I have advocated for United Ireland for a long time. Your government belongs in Dublin, not in Westminster. You can sit there and bitch all you want about how your fucking governments run in Dublin because that way you can take it and vote it the way you want. But if Irish should, should be, Ireland should be for the Irish and for Irish decisions only and not kowtow to Brussels. If you guys actually really fucking work on some of your development, you can still have enough of an economy where you don't need the European Union, that you can support yourselves and have – Good amicable trade deals with the UK or have a full United Kingdom, but where Ireland still can make many of its own decisions. 
There's different avenues in which to choose. But the bottom line is, don't throw off the fucking chains of fucking Dublin for West Monster. Yes, I said that correctly, West Monster, as I call it. And and even worse, why would Scotland put, vying for independence throw off the chains of West Monster and, 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 or slip off the yoke of West Monster and put on the chains of Brussels? I don't fucking understand that. You go from one fucking cruel master to an even worse one. They don't give a shit about you. They're just a place to, for them to stick all these all these uh, immigrants in and completely destroy the history of Scotland. Do you think William Wallace would fucking be would, would be outraged right now? He would probably go and slaughter every motherfucker and get his hands on over that shit. Where are the Highlanders now? You know. Y'all found your fucking balls when Mel Gibson come out with that fucking movie star wearing the tartans in Parliament. Where are you in, in Edinburgh? Huh? Where are you in Westminster saying, hey, we want this shit shut down? Oh, no. You can't, you can't do that because you got to capitulate because now they're fucking paying all the bills, right? Right. So, I mean, that's a serious fucking problem. This is what happens when you allow to have masters, just like in our states here. I remember sitting in one of my government classes college, and they were talking about Oh well, pretty much uh, the many the the states will capitulate do with the federal government is because they want that money. Oh, so uh, oh, you got to have a, a seatbelt law and and uh, you have to go 55. Well, we don't want to do go 55. We want to stay at 60. Well, if you want that money, I guess you're gonna have to fucking lower that speed that speed limit down. Okay, get a, get a little pat on the head, good boy. Here's your fucking check. Nah, we need a fucking governor to stand up at Ohio and say, hey, fuck you. We don't like the shit you're doing here. And you know what? We're going to take the money we're going to send to you from fucking federal taxes. We're putting that shit escrow, motherfucker. So the money is still there. It's still being collected there as as it's supposed to be. But we're telling you, we don't approve what you're doing in fucking D.C., and we're holding the money back. That was the whole purpose of why the Constitution was written, because we gave a little bit of power of the states to the fucking federal government for the enumerated purposes in the Constitution. That it was only supposed to be for that purpose. And these purposes only. So that's my biggest, biggest fucking issue here is ever since the Civil War and the nationalizing of our currency that we have lost a lot of state sovereignty. The last true battle of the Civil War was fought in the 1960s when fucking George Wallace would not let that girl go into that fucking school. He had National Guard at his throat with fucking fixed bayonets. And he had his own fucking um, uh, guardsmen ready, if necessary, to fucking pull the trigger. He blinked and let that girl in. So, I mean, you know, again, after all that hullabaloo, he fucking wo- he, he gave up. What a wuss. Then he got shot in 72 and he was running for president and ended up getting paralyzed. Oh, I teach you, fuckhead. Bottom line is you guys need to start stepping up, man. Stand up and be counted. Opening song tonight was Freedom by Battle Beast from the newest album, Circus of Doom. Come out in 2021. I encourage you to um, check Battle Beast out. I've been a big fan of them for a little while now. I haven't had a chance to see them live. I was on my way to see them a few years ago. I had some vehicle issues. And uh, but by the time it rectified itself, uh, they, were good, they would have been on within 35 minutes, and I still had... Uh, over a two-hour drive ahead of me or something like that. So I was like, nah, ain't happening. So it fucking sucked. I didn't even get to see the show. So uh, definitely looking forward to seeing uh, Battle Beast. <clears throat> as far as other band stuff, 
local Dayton metal band Legacy, um, had a 20th anniversary reissue of their second album and the HMD.com's 2003 album of the year, Stand and Conquer. We're going to play that title track at the end of the show. And um, the label in Germany picked it up, reissued it, also issued um, three bonus live tracks, and um, also made it available on vinyl for the first time. So that's actually phenomenal. They already had a first time called Slay the Beast for the previous lineup. Three of the core members were still in it out of five. And um, uh, there's a possibility that they may uh, discuss on releasing that later on if, if there's a possibility of any bonus cuts with that as well. Uh, but, you know, Legacy hung up their um, – I turned off their amps when uh, bass player Patrick Palmer had um, had gotten sick and he sadly passed away from esophageal cancer. Um, gosh, it's been over 10 years now. So um, sad to say, but uh, he was kind of the – one of the brains behind the operation as far as, you know, financially. So without Patrick, there's a big, huge loss there. Uh, now I know some other musicians that actually in the area would actually be a good fit for, to, to fill those big shoes, at least as far as uh, they have the chops and uh, similar music styles. And it would be interesting to see legacy reunite and see if they could, uh, you know, they already had some songs written for the third record and stuff. It'd be interesting to see if they could just, you know, in, in honor of Patrick, keep going and keep the music playing. Because the more you play and the more you put more material out, people uh, buy the old records and be able to hear, um, you know, his music and stuff. And the cool thing was at the re-release party, they actually had Patrick's uh, Patrick's family had come and actually had his bass on display. So I thought that was really cool. So um, I was able to get some good pictures of it because I just uh, picked up a bass myself recently. So I wanted to get a good look at his at his gear and stuff like that. So that was really, really cool in the simple fact that, you know, I I had talked to Patrick a little bit before he passed on because he was, um, you know, he had already gotten his second uh, treatment of chemo. And he's like, man, if I got to feel this fucking bag, I don't know, just fucking just go, man. Because I was making him feel worse. And I understand where he's coming from. And sadly, he was uh, quickly bedridden to his lazy boy chair and didn't really have the strength to get up. So I've, I've known Family members have had colleagues die from the uh, same stuff or similar shit. It's no joke, man. It really is no joke. And so when I see a lot of these benefits and stuff that some of these bands play, I encourage you to go go to these things and contribute. Because, in fact, even if it even if they don't recover from it, it at least helps alleviate some of the family's debt. Because of the fact that a lot of these insurance companies won't pay for shit. It won't pay for shit. We need to really start getting back as whites to really start looking out for each other. If you walk into a, a store and you see a, a, little, a little collection jar for someone who's victimized by, you know, uh, an attack or a bad car wreck or has has a you know a disease like cancer or leukemia, put some money in there, man. You know, find out who these people are, get to know them. That's the biggest problem I think we have is we don't talk to each other. Probably agree there, right? Nobody really talks to each other anymore. So that's my biggest fucking issue is. We as whites have really become disconnected as, as a folk, and we really need to start just to get to know each other, man. You know, when you listen to each other's stories and stuff, you know, sometimes people are full of shit to tell tall tales, whatever. But others, man, we all have unique experiences, every single one of us. And it's interesting when we actually collaborate together, how much we may have in common, you know, similar interests, um, skill sets, I mean, things like that. You find, hey, man, this guy's pretty good at working on cars. Cool. Might need his help, you know. 
Like me personally, I'm the first one to fucking help someone out, man. That's just who I am. You know, if I have enough and I can give something to someone else, as long as I got enough for me, and I have a little bit extra I can give away to someone that helps them, that's what I'll do, man. But, I mean, the point is we need to start really banding together looking out for each other because this is bullshit. Because the fact that we're are, are fading out very quickly and we're starting to lose our power at the ballot box. Because the more and more we're allowing minorities to get in these offices, they're not going to represent us. They're going to give slip service until they get in power. Blacks are the worst one because they think uh, – they, they get in there and they think they're all that in a bag of chips. I mean, I, what, what gets me is, is how often uh, how often white people fucking follow that fucking trope, you know? How a lot of black black chicks use Miss as a title of nobility. Oh, Miss Patricia, how you doing? Or Miss Shaquilla, or Miss um, I don't know. I think of some fucking jigaboo name. I don't know, fucking shababby. I mean, I don't know. But, I mean, the point is they always like to fucking use in our license plates. You get custom plates, and it'll say Miss something, Miss Snazzy or something like that or whatever. I mean, they literally use that as a title and how much white guys fucking fall into that trope every fucking time. Oh, how you doing there, Miss Patricia? Miss? Really, motherfucker? You have to dress her like that every time? Is that a title? I thought there was a thing in this country that said about no titles of nobility, right? You know, I've spoken to the show many times. If someone's elected to office, dude, that title of office doesn't become your fucking marker. You know what I'm saying? Now, I can understand someone who's been in the, mil- in the military, they've gotten that, even if they've retired, okay? They'll still often be referred to by their title, okay? That being said, especially if you've been in combat, you've earned that title. So if somebody wants to get, keep referring to as colonel, major, sergeant, or, or, or fucking general, okay? I think the military, it's a little bit different situation. Because you never leave the military. Because if a situation will arise, you draw on those skills immediately. You know? That's why I really encourage veterans to fucking run for office. Because, especially for mayor or governor or anything like that. Because if they've had a military background, they're more likely to understand when shit hits the fan, especially in crises. Because they didn't know what it means to fucking do that shit. So, and, I, and sometimes I really be quite honest, I don't think anyone should run for president. Unless they at least had a family member has served. If they can't or have not served themselves, at least have a, a child, a direct sibling, or your spouse. If not, at least your parents. Because of the fact that at least if you have someone who's actually been active duty, whether they volunteered or were drafted, um, it, it at least gives you a little more understanding. Especially if you, especially if you had a parent's been in the military, you know what it's like being a fucking, you know, a military brat. Or you're moving around, you know, from base to base every so often, going to different states, different countries, and shit. Yeah. So you understand that. You have more of an appreciation for the process, especially if your uh, your parent has actually gotten fairly high up. So I think that's something that's very important. But going back to our women folk, man. We really need to make sure that we really treasure our women. I, I look at some, you know, a guy that I know who's a drummer for a local band. Um, I had finally uh, found a good gal and settled down, and man, they <laughs> they're popping our kids left and right. You know, they got five children now. And uh, last time I saw him, almost ten years ago, he moved to uh, Michigan because, in fact, he had a a relative up there 
who would help him with his uh, his home improvement business. And so I saw that uh, on my Facebook thing, I saw a name come through, which took me a second to, to catch, but I saw the last name. She she had the extra last name. I said, oh, I wonder if she's related to, to Adam. So I looked and I was getting ready to message her to say, hey, are you do you are you related to the you know to Adam? But I kept scrolling. Up. Boom, there it was because there was a picture of the two of them together, and I scrolled down the board, and there were kids. And I was like, aha! I thought that was her because again, I hadn't seen her in ten years, and because I've only seen her maybe two or three times, yeah, you because know, they always came over to my place. <laughs> so you know, and it's been over ten years. So I'm glad they got something going on great. But my thing is, is the fact that. Um, you know, we had now we had a chance to network again because of the fact that he helped me out a lot when I was uh, living up in a part in Dayton one time, and and I was having some car issues and stuff, and he helped me get my vehicle to uh, to the mechanic, yeah, as well as if he needed help, you can always give me a shout. So I mean, we got to make sure we have a network of friends and and just buddies because of the fact that when shit it's a fan man, it's so much easier to help out. I'm blind that, but. Friends won't ask you for money. Now, some of them might because maybe it's a it's a big job, um, or even if they may, maybe they drive a little while to get to you. You know, hey man, if you can come down here, I'll I'll, I'll pay some money for gas, or at least I'll fucking feed you to get here, something. You know, as appreciation. But you know, friends don't ask friends for fucking money, man. We help each other out. But my thing is, is that we really need to start getting tight with our friends. We need to find out who our friends and definitely who our enemies are. I definitely encourage everybody to go look up your voter rolls and look up, for example, who are the registered Republicans in your neighborhood. Find out who they are. Go to their fucking thing and say, hey, I, I, I've, I've seen you around. I've driven by your house, what have you, blah, 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 blah. Uh, I'm such and such. I, I, nice to meet you. Um, and just say, well, especially if they have any signage in the yard during the fucking election thing, hey, I see we're, we have some similar interests. Get to know your fa- your folks, man. Get to know your friends. Get to know your neighbors and shit. Especially if you decide to run for office, at least you've already made a connection with some of these people. Let them know what, what they think about. You know? So, I mean, that that's the thing, is we need to connect with each other again. We need to talk. We need to have conversations. And just say, hey, you know, there's some things you just don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about abortion, or I don't want to talk about Christianity, or I don't want to talk about this. Fine. At, le- at least lay out what topics are basically not to be broached, okay? And just say, fine, we'll talk about everything else but that, right? And you can let them know what you think of, you know? Maybe you're one of those people like me who's just up on current events. Maybe, hey, man, you're up on you're up on current events. What, what do you think about this? And you'd be surprised how many people fucking ask me just for my thoughts on what's going on. Because I'm a little bit more tuned than most people. So I'll be able to get their fucking news from TikTok now instead of fucking Fox News because once they fuck Tucker Carlson, everybody said, fuck faux news. Nobody's going to fucking be on there. So that's always a good thing. But like I said, I encourage everybody to understand you have to decide, are you going to live in a free state or in a terrorist state? Now is the time to act. First thing we have to do is that we have to go back to traditional roles. We have to understand that we need to appreciate our women. We need to appreciate our mothers, our sisters, our aunts our cousins, okay, we have to make sure that they are are defended when it comes to sports. Good news is Ohio just passed a bill to go against some of this crazy shit that's going on there. I had just uh, seen it earlier today, so I posted it on Telegram as well as some of the other uh, social media. So, again, I encourage everybody to go check out 
my telegram feed is very regular and uh we cover a lot of shit there so make sure you check that out um hello where did it go maybe i posted this and i just had a chance to afford it yet well i'll be doggone dog's gone <laughs> Y'all shiver me timbers. For whatever reason, I didn't seem to get that one. Ah, here we go. Yes. Ohio passes uh, transgender athlete gender affirming care ban. So this is from NBC4 and um, in Columbus. The Ohio House of Representatives passed two anti-LGBTQ plus bills on Wednesday, banning trans athletes from participating in girls' sports, prohibiting trans youth from receiving certain medical care, and altering how teachers can discuss the LGBTQ plus community. House Bill 868, the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act. Hang on, I got a news thing that just popped up. I got a fucking ass going to Weaver and some other bands bands off our bodies. Who knows what that shit's all about? Anyways, uh, the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act passed with a vote of 64 to 28 out of the Ohio House and House Bill 8, the Parents' Bill of Rights. Oh, that was a Planned Parenthood ad that was going on. Jesus. Um, is her career going so shitty now that she has to fucking do that thing, or is she really believing those things? Uh, the let's see, the parents' bill of rights passed a vote of 65 to 29. Bills passed during a marathon session at the House on Wednesday, when lawmakers lawmakers debated and voted on 10 pieces of legislation. Time of respecting liberty and civil rights, says Representative Michael Skindell, a Democrat from Lakewood. During his session on Wednesday, June 2023, in Ohio, will be remembered how the Ohio House of Representatives demonstrated outright hostility towards the LGBTQ plus community. Good. Now, each bill will be up for consideration in the Senate. Here's how they can impact the Ohio's LGBTQ plus community. HB 68 will ban health care professionals from providing treatment known as gender-affirming care to trans children in the state and requires mental health professionals to screen patients for abuse and comorbidities before diagnosing gender dys- dysphoria. What we're simply saying is, let kids grow up, says Representative Gary Click from Vickery, the Republican, who reintroduced the bill in February after the legislation failed to pass Ohio's General Assembly last year. Children are incapable of providing the informed consent necessary to make those very risky and life-changing decisions. The Ohio Children's Hospital Association previously called the bill a misguided effort that could exacerbate harm to LGBTQ plus youth. Nationwide Children's Hospital, the American Academy of Pediatrics, and other major medical providers have said gender-affirming care is an evidence-based practice with a proven track record of improving health outcomes for trans youth. What the fuck ever? HB 68 overrides individual choice and parental decision-making, said Skindell on Wednesday. The, this government interference denies transgender youth the liberty of having a higher standard of medical and mental health care. Representatives amended the legislation to include House Bill 6, named the State Women's Sports Act, 
The bill would bar trans girls from taking part in female athletics and override the Ohio High School Athletic Association's trans student athlete policy adopted during the 2015-2016 school year. 19 trans girls, 10 in middle school and 9 in high school, have participated in girls' sports since the OHSAA's policy was implemented eight years ago, including the six trans high school students taking part during the 2023 school year. They said that about 400,000 athletes in grades 12, 7 through 12 participated in sanctioned sports each school year. The service's policy is effective in protecting the integrity of girls in sports while also providing participation opportunities for trans students. We will continue to educate people on our transgender policy, which has been successfully implemented for the last eight years. It has not resulted in any loss of female participation, championships, or school or scholarship opportunities. I call bullshit is what I'm saying. The bottom line is, even my mother, who used to run track when he, she was in grade school and apparently had a track record for a long time of being one of the fastest runners, even said, wow. It's like it really diminishes me as a woman. I mean, these guys are fucking, you get in MMA matches with a fucking woman, dude. How is that not straight up assault because it's in the sports arena? I mean, you've seen that one fucking beat the shit out of two MMA female fighters, dude. Literally cracked their skulls. Fucked them up pretty bad. I'm like, what the fuck? I mean, even today I was on Facebook and I saw some, uh, some mockumentary fucking video game or whatever, or it was The Rock versus uh, uh, Bollywood Queen or something. And I'm just sitting there going, what the fuck? What you doing is promoting a fucking man's assault on women. I mean, again, I knew once they put, once they made gay marriage legal, I you know, Brian from 55K or C brought up, was like, well, what about all the other subgroups? When are they going to get their day? You know, what about the triads? You know, what about all the other ones, man? What what about the um, polygamists, you know? Once you fucking basically broke down that thing and says, yeah, you can have fags get married, then why why can't everybody else, you know? Here's what I don't understand, because we're supposedly a Christian society. And let's just put the, the hay where the goods can get to it. If Muslims and um, Mormons can have multiple wives because they believe in polygamy, then why can't normal whites? Now, that being said, do you really want to have two or three fucking women as your wife? Dude, one's enough. Can you imagine? I don't know how some of these Mormons could do it. Come home to fucking a, a fucking full house of ragging fucking chicks? Oh, my God, dude. That would be too much. Yeah? I mean, coming home with one wife is enough. Come imagine coming home two, three, four, five, especially when maybe half of them on the rag at the same time. Dude, unless you're like the ultimate fucking alpha male, like, fuck you, bitch, I run this house. Dude, that's just too much wailing and screaming going on in the house. The next thing you got your two of your wives fighting each other because they're like, no, I'm fucking them in that bitch. You ain't getting shit. You had them last night. I mean, I can imagine the fight to go on in some of these polygamous homes, dude. Jesus fucking Christ. I can just imagine that crazy shit. One woman's enough. You know, kind of like the Oak Ridge boys, you know. Trying to love two women is like a ball and chain. <laughs> one's got my heart. One's got the money. <laughs> what the fuck? So, I mean, yeah, it's just too much, man. Too much. But at least at least have the option available, you know? <sighs> I mean, how many politicos have fucking mistresses, man? All throughout history. 
Caesar had multiple mistresses. A lot of these guys, I mean, you know, now there are some some combinations where a lot of these guys are very dedicated to their wives. In many cases, in many cases, the wife was the cornerstone of that whole situation, dude. And I remember, um, matter of fact, I remember I think when I had um, um, Ike Baker on, he said. If you look behind every a lot, every major historical figure was a great woman. And in many cases, that is the case. George Washington had Martha, you know. Um, hell, you know, even Napoleon had Josephine. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Uh, you know, and again, I mean, how, how many of these things, I mean, prime example, John Adams had Abigail Adams, dude. She was very highly educated. She was very active in her husband's career. And uh, not only taking care of the homestead, but he having to go off and do the things that he had to do. I mean, prime example, man. Generally speaking, behind every great man is probably a great woman, or at least supportive, you know. There's some women that just, they know that they've got a man that does great things, and that's their thing. Either they don't understand it, or or they don't want to get involved, or they just go, you know, I'm just going to be supportive of my husband. And that's what they do. They're, they're, no, they're not subjugated. They're just very supportive of their husband. Maybe they know, I don't understand what my husband's doing, but you know what? More power to you. Yeah? There are others that are very much integrated in that. I mean, Eleanor Roosevelt was just, just as much a fucking integral part as FDR himself. Um, trying to think of another, hell, as far as presidents go. What are, first ladies, oh, prime example, you're talking about high class. You know, Jackie Kennedy, man, very high class, even though Jack was doing all sorts of shit on her back. But, I mean, that woman at class, dude, and, and to be quite honest, I think she stood as probably one of the best first ladies we've ever had in this country. And the only one I saw that had any class that even come anywhere near that caliber at all was probably Melania Trump, to be quite honest. Uh, Hillary is very classless. That Fuck that cunt, you know. Uh, uh, Nancy Reagan, very supportive, very integral, but you know she's a little out there a little bit, you know. Uh, uh, Lady Bird, I mean, really, I mean, you know, yeah, I would honestly say probably I have not seen a now probably one of the other first ladies that I liked was probably Laura Bush, um, George George W. Bush's wife, okay. She knew her role and and she played a part and she never fucking got it past that. You know, again, she's very supportive. But I have seen some shows where they were on afterwards where she's a little strange. You know, and something I was like, I saw Cyber I didn't see before. I was like, oh, okay, right on. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's how it is. But I thought Melania had a lot of class, man. She really did. She she's self-made. You know. She she was she was a model. She did a bunch of shit. She she already had her own business going. Trump met her, and and uh, she still retains power in her own shit. You know, so I mean she has a lot to gain when Trump venture goes. But the bottom line is, dude, she's still her own person. Not to mention she's also very very well accomplished on many things. She can speak five languages. Now you don't think that's not valuable to a president? That's very especially coming from Eastern Europe. That is very valuable. Very valuable. So, I mean, you know, again, a lot of our women folk, um, 
do the due diligence. They take care of the, the hearth and home. They keep the kids in line. Um, they do a lot of things. And um, we really need to give them the, the, the respect that they deserve. And, you know, a lot of rockers think about women in their songs, man, because of the fact that women are special. But what we're starting to see with this fucking pride shit is the genocide, especially of our race, because of the fact that um, they're not letting us reproduce. If you are allowing your child to be doing gender-altering surgery when they're still fucking minors, I'm sorry, dude. That is child abuse. That is no different than if, – if someone's going to criticize – if I had a child and, I, and I'm going to fucking swap my kid on the fucking ass and you're going to call the cops on me, fuck you, dude. You know, go ahead and call the cops. I'm about to fuck you up. You're not the one having to deal with this little fucking brat, you know? I mean, back in the day, dude, my mother didn't have to spank me that much. I mean, I was a little bit of a fucking shit growing up. And you know what? i tell you what. All I had to get was that firm voice and that look. And, man, she'd, she'd start fucking jabbing my her fucking finger on my shoulder and tell you something there, buddy. I'm like, oh, shit. You know? If mama had actually swapped my ass, I really overstepped the fucking line. You know? Believe me, she didn't hesitate to do it in the fucking store. Okay? These kids these days, man, I can't even tell you, especially all these minorities coming to this motherfucker, these foreigners, they let their kids wail. They're like air raid sirens in a goddamn fucking shopping aisle. You know what I'm saying? I mean, just sitting there like, ah, ah. I mean, one day I was in there at fucking Walmart, and this kid was fucking hollering, and it was like the next I was like, shut that fucking kid up, or I'll shut him up for you. And that kid shut up. They're probably going, where the fuck did that come from? And then one of them was a goddamn monkey over there, man, fucking going off and running around, doing shit. I was like, sitting there fucking screaming. I was like, shut that fucking kid up and put a banana in that fucking mouth. Hey, dude. When you cross line with me, motherfucker, I call it is. Okay, you can't get control of your kittens, motherfucker. Then you are a fucking despicable parent. Because back in the day, dude, I don't know how many fucking black folks that I fucking encountered, even listen to fucking rap artists, whatever, dude. Especially if they didn't have a dad around to get to get a switch off the tree and beat their fucking ass. Mama beat their fucking ass. You know, that's song for off the. Boys in the Hood soundtrack, you know, I think by Yo-Yo and your mama don't take no mess. That ain't no joke, dude. Mom's had to be fucking tough because dad wasn't around or dad was working all the fucking time. And mom had to keep these old fuckers in check. You know, look at the Jacksons, dude. People criticize Joe Jackson for being so fucking tough and cruel on his fucking kids. But you know what? He kept them all out of jail, man. He kept them all out of jail. Now, I don't think one single Jackson ever crossed fucking paths with a fucking cop. To the best of my knowledge, even after they became adults, never fucking wound up in jail. So you can criticize him all you want, dude, but he fucking kept them in line. He he made them learn fucking music and made them stars. And look, Michael Jackson is probably considered the greatest entertainer of all time to this day. Definitely in the top five greatest entertainers ever fucking in the world of entertainment on this planet. Nobody had the power Michael Jackson had. I mean, Elvis came close. Yeah, he broke the doors down for a lot of shit. Yeah, my my personal favorite is Judy Garland because she did it all. And as a woman, she fucking did it all, dude. I mean, she had vaudeville, she did fucking Broadway, fucking concerts, albums, television, radio, movies. She did it all, man. And 
at least she got the credit of having the greatest song of the 20th century, Somewhere Over the Rainbow. That is undisputedly has been declared the number one song of the 20th century. So, hey, man, she went out on top, bruh. But my point is, we have to decide if we're going to be a free state or terror state. You need to step up and be counted now. Go to your fucking school board meetings. Go to your fucking – and when they tell you, oh, you kept your fucking talking school board meetings, we'll say, dude, they can't get all of us. We outnumber them fucking thousands and thousands to one. They may have the guns, but like Jim Morrison said, they got the five to one, baby, one and five. You know, they got the guns, but we got the numbers. That is the whole fucking point, man. We must step up. Everyone that steps up inspires someone behind them to fucking do it, dude. Prime example. Matter of fact, I'll go look at it for you right now. Classic movie from 1960, everybody. The closing scene. This is what we need to do as whites. Hang on one second. Okay, so. This says it all, everybody. From 1960, Douglas is a star, Spartacus. A closing scene at the end of the film. This says it all, dude. And as he stands there, there's a tear coming out of his eye. Dude, that's what I'm talking about. We as a people need to step up. We need to ins- – I had people inspired me all the time to fucking do this. I mean, Alex Jones inspired me to fucking go ahead and start doing podcasts, even though I had already done radio earlier before he started. You know, 
I was doing his stuff 1990 to 93. He didn't start his broadcast until 95. All right? So I'm way ahead of him by a few years. I never think I'd do some of the things that he was doing, you know? I've, I've covered a lot of different things. But I've had people inspire me. Like when Kelly Coles ran for school board. And I, I touched base with her shortly after she got elected. She had a very good majority. And then uh, ended up being a very much um, a very good learning experience between two of us. And she became a major force in the Springboro school system. And she fought a lot of shit to get stuff done. But eventually she got fucking taken care of with a surplus, renegotiated an entire school contract, and not one fucking job lost. And really brought some debates on some serious issues. Unfortunately, we lost our majority before I can, because I was pushing to get cursive writing put back into the curriculum in the Springboro school system. Unfortunately, because that contract took up so much time, we I ran out of time because she didn't run. And then, and then after that, but they lost their majority um, within the next cycle to, to get it put back in. We wanted to say, why can't we be a leader? Why do we have to follow everybody else? So we could have gotten Christopher Friday and put back into the curriculum starting with second grade like it's supposed to be. You know? I stood up. She inspired me in different ways, looking into different things that I didn't understand. You know? So, again, when Sarah Palin was governor of Alaska and she was picked to run for vice president, you know, she's inspiration. At the same stroke, why are our women having to step up and do the jobs that the men are supposed to be fucking doing, especially in Congress? You got Lauren Boebert and Marjorie Taylor Greene putting forth articles of impeachment on fucking Joe Biden. Where the fuck are our men folk on this shit? Where's fucking McCarthy on this? Why are our men so fucking cucked? Why do they become so beta-mailed? Why do they become emasculated? Why is it the women have to fucking grow hair on their fucking chest and fucking stand up to the fucking shit, man? There's something seriously fucking wrong here. The women should be reporting the men. Hey, man, we're going to bring this motherfucker down. I support you. I support you. Not that I don't find it inspirational that Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert are fucking stepping up. But why are they the only ones being voiced for us about this? This is bullshit and unacceptable. So, again, you have to decide, do you want a free state or terror state because it is changing very quickly. You need to start going out to your fucking meetings. Go to your fucking local city councils. Don't just go to the one in your town either, okay? Find out what if you're in a township, you want to go to your city hall or, or your little town hall thing. You also want to go to your townships. Then you go to your county commissions. Go to these meetings. Typically, you have a three-minute fucking thing where they, a public can come out and speak on any topic that's not on the agenda. If you want to have a longer presentation, let them know in advance. And if you can't get it that cycle, the following meeting, which is usually every two weeks or once a month, depending on the capacity of your ship, will decide the frequency. But you can get that in advance. Do a fucking – put together a PowerPoint show. Do something. Speak out, man. And again, like my mom was telling me, she's like, oh, we spoke out against them putting this fucking cell phone tower down the road from us. And, and they had, oh, they basically already had it fucking, they already had the deal sealed. No matter what we said, they're going to still put it there. Blah, 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 blah. I was like, that's because you guys didn't fucking start raising hell about it. You guys didn't go up there and fucking start handling them. You guys didn't fucking send them emails and phone calling their fucking asses. They will bow to pressure. What does Ronald Reagan always said? 
if they can't feel the uh, if they can't feel the heat, put their feet to the fire. That's how it works, man. The only way you're gonna make things change is you gotta fucking get people in numbers, and you better be doing it now because they're trying to stop us from being able to do it. January 6th, they're trying to make anyone that's been in that area, even if I was there for a fucking business trip, okay? I could have been meeting uh, uh, our headquarters, could be there in D.C. I could be there on a mandatory fucking business trip because I manage a fucking uh, a, a building, a sector, or a region, and I have to go there for this regular shindig maybe twice a year, maybe quarterly, Okay. You have to go to these fucking things just because I was in town at that time. I'm not, and I wasn't. I wasn't in D.C., so just won't fucking be looking at my shit. But I wasn't there, but I'm, I'm hearing what everyone else is going through. Just because I could have been in town at that time and on those dates, anywhere near those dates, I should have my shit fucking checked and inspected and my bank account's frozen. Fuck you, dude. That is the definition of authoritarianism to the max. To the max. Everybody wants to decry fascism and Nazism. That is fascism, motherfucker, in the worst way possible. So my biggest issue is is that you better be stepping up now because tomorrow is too late. Tomorrow is way too fucking late because they are putting stuff in place now. And you want to be a Christian, turn the other cheek, and let them call you a racist? You know, either you own it, motherfucker, or they're going to fucking just keep rubbing at you until you're to your nut. Oh, you disagree with anything? Oh, you're a racist. Yeah, goddamn right I'm racist, motherfucker. I don't want my shit fucking disappearing over the goddamn night. I don't want all these motherfuckers shoved in my community and robbing my fucking house. I don't want these motherfuckers grooming my fucking kids. I don't want these motherfuckers shooting my dog because they think, oh, dogs are unclean animals. You know, but that's what Muslims do. I don't want this fucking shit in my neighborhood. And we got to stop the white flight, man. Quit keep going out fourth, fifth, and tier suburbs to get away from these motherfuckers because they're just going to keep following you out. Kettering is a second tier su- suburb. They've already started to pretty much colorize that. East Dayton, where I grew up in Belmont, has gone, dude. It's gone. The only people that are still there are, are basically my generation. Or they probably inherited houses from their fucking family members, okay, because the house is paid for, all right? But then they got to pay the fucking bullshit taxes and dating and deal with all that crap. But now, I mean, just the street that I grew up on, the next street over, dude, there are so many darkies over in that motherfucker. I don't even recognize the place anymore. Trash all over the fucking streets, derelict cars, um, blacks walking around with shopping carts and fucking all sorts of shit all over the fucking they, they, they act like it's fucking Salem Avenue or Hoover Avenue, dude. This ain't Hoover, motherfucker. This is Linden Avenue. We don't fucking do that shit around here. I knew things were changing in 1995, uh, right about the time my folks had fucking moved out, out to a little bit farther from the burbs on because the lady that we were in the house from didn't want to sell the house because, well, I want to hang on to it, you know. You know, my mother made all these improvements, and the house value was very low. We could have easily afforded it. Probably had it paid off in 10 years, okay? Oh, I don't want to sell it. Okay, fine. Fuck you then. So they went out to the fucking burbs, found something else, right? And and got that. And then, oh, and if I remember correctly, the lane lady actually died like a year or two later. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you know, what a loss. But the neighbor's gone shit. And uh, even I, I drive by there and I look at the neighbors that are next to those, that house that I grew up in and shit, man. It, they're fucking shit. 
all sorts of got now they park cars up on the fucking grass and shit. Dude, I can't even tell you how many people I know who parked their car on the grass just to wash your car for that afternoon, wouldn't even be there an hour and got cited by a cop or got harassed over it. A buddy of mine lives up there in fucking um near Springfield, okay? He parked his goddamn car in the yard. Brand new Mustang. He just bought off the fucking lot. Bought it the previous weekend. Wanted to fucking wash it down real nice, okay? Yeah, he had a nice long driveway. He could have done that. But he chose to park in his fucking lawn because of the fact that, obviously, he wanted the water to stay in the lawn, even if it's soapy. It was just normal, you know, regular gentle soap. But the bottom line was he wanted the water to stay in the grass. Cop turns by and says, Sir, I may have to give you a, a warning. You can't be parking in your grass. Like, dude, I'm washing my new fucking car. Do you fucking mind? Well, you, there's an ordinance, sir. You can't park. Really? Really? Do you want to fucking talk to me? You want to talk fucking ulcers about me? Look at these motherfuckers over here, dude. Right across the street from his house. And this is a a, a, a standard size. Um, oh, what do you call this fucking? Not a rent, not a ranch, but a um, bungalow. Okay. Standard size bungalow. So you know, these are a little bit about two thirds the size of a ranch house. Okay, six fucking cars there, dude. Six cars. Three of them were in the fucking front yard, in the grass. One was in the driveway, and the others are out in the fucking street. Okay, you know why? Because there was, there were at least three Hispanic families living in that fucking house, which violates all fucking rules around here, dude. You're not even supposed to have a certain number of people in a fucking house anyway. But yet these motherfuckers can stuff all their friends and neighbors and cousins in there and shit and get away with it. But yet my buddy goes and fucking parks his car in the fucking front yard for an hour to go wash his fucking car and shit. And he tried to give him a warning. How to be like, dude, you ever come up to my fucking house while I'm washing my grass in the yard again with this shit going on? Step on my property, motherfucker. I'll shoot you on sight. Because you come here to fucking harass me, or even worse, I assume you're a threat because of the fact that you're not going over and knocking on their fucking door. Oh no, we cannot. We we have a dic- dic- uh, uh, an order not to do that. We're not to arrest those or uh, harass those people in any way. Right, right. So so God knows, dude. The hell, they probably have bricks of fucking marijuana in the goddamn garage. You gonna bust them? So I mean, seriously. Matter of fact, man, a buddy of mine lives in the same area and shit, and he had a bunch of spicks living in the house next to him, and they decided to have a little fiesta in the backyard. Yeah, man, say we're going to have a fiesta, man. Yeah, okay, right on, dude. Next thing you know, man, they kept walking across his fucking grass because the the, the spicks house is at, it was, was going around a corner, right, because the street kind of bends to the right, and the house was basically sitting at an angle compared to his. About a 45-degree angle. So they're walking up the sidewalk, taking up the whole fucking block with their cars, okay, walking across his fucking yard to get into theirs because there was no fence line. And he finally said, dude, fucking went in his house, got his fucking gun, stuck in his waistband, looked all dude, said, you, come here. No, hey, man, what's up? No, no, you, come here. Like, dude, I don't mind you having a fucking party as long as you're done by a fucking certain time because there's noise ordinance here. And you guys seem like you're keeping your shit controlled back there, all right? But I'm going to tell you this, dude. One more of your fucking homies comes walking through my fucking grass. I'm not going to shoot him. I'm going to fucking shoot you because this is your responsibility. 
He looked at him like, whoa, what the fuck? My buddy has a way to look at it, fucking somebody, and he knows he means business. It's like, you look through the fucking inside the inocular of the fucking Terminator and says, target acquired, that's how he is, man. The guy means business. He looks right at you, dude. Target acquired, okay? He ain't fucking around. He's just on once, dude. One more motherfucker walks through my grass, I'm shooting you. He will go back there and he's telling everybody, oh, don't walk in the Gunnigan's grass and fucking chew me. And he knows they ain't bluffing. Surprising to say, everybody that left that motherfucking party did not walk across his grass. They actually walked down the fucking driveway, did it about face to the left, and fucking, you know, wheeled it to the left and, and went down and, and got in their cars respectively. And respectably. Because they did not, they realized, yeah, dude, I want my homie to get fucking fucked up by this white guy over here. So, I mean, the point is, we need to start stepping up and just say, dude, things are not going to be happening in our fucking neighborhood. It's just how it is. Everyone knows once the fucking, once the jigaboos come in, the goddamn fucking shit, everything goes down. Now, you know, not everybody's like that. There are some really good black folks. But once you get one in and they see that, oh, man, there's only black folks here. Cool. We'll go get the ass down the street. Then they bring all their fucking family in every goddamn week and fill up the whole goddamn street with their barbecues and all this shit. And then it's like, dude, I can't even park in front of my own fucking house, man. You know, back in my block, you fucking park in front of our house, dude, you and shit's going to get fucked up. You're either going to get your car fucked up or we'll make goddamn sure your car ain't leaving. You get my drift? It's that simple. Or I have the motherfucker towed. I mean, that's just how it is, man. <laughs> and, and a lot of people seem to forget that's how the rules of the street are. A lot of this young generation weren't taught that, or they purposely rejected that because they want to be all inclusive, and they want to be friendly with everybody. You know, I was never raised to be racist, dude, but once I went to public school and then started having to deal with fucking plaques, I realized, man, these people are different from us and not on the good side of things, you know? Seriously, not on the good side of things, and it's fucking sad. Fucking sad, man. You know, I've met a lot of cool black people over the fucking years, man. Some 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 cool some really, really cool folks, man. And I've met a lot of black Africans that come here. Let me tell you what, some of those motherfuckers, they run circles around these African blacks around here. I mean, seriously, they're like, Oh, yo, what's up, man? You should hang with us, homie. You from the mother continent. Fuck you. You don't do any walk. I have to cut the clinic after your mess. You just sit there, you're lazy. You don't do anything. I mean, I'm like, hey man, this guy's the fucking shit, dude. I'm <laughs> I'm following him, you know? Manager I had at a fucking pizza that I used to work at fucking back in high school, man, was a black man. And he was firm but fair, dude. And I, I got canned because I talked shit to the shift manager tonight because I had been working there the whole goddamn shift, got stuck doing the goddamn dishes. It's 3 o'clock in the morning before I got out, man. I was like, God damn, we should be down here by 2. I won at the latest. But I got stuck with all the shit, and I was getting really flustered, man. I just fucking popped off something to her, man, and he, he come in next morning like, dude, I, I can't be talking to her like that, man. You got the walking papers, you know? I was like, fuck, that sucks. But, you know, years later when I got a middle management position, I looked him up, and he was still working for pizza, dude. Because the only reason I remember is because he still lived at home and took care of his mother. And he worked a lot of fucking hours. As a matter of fact, if that store, if, if a store was losing money, they would put him – as a fixer to clean it up and, and get it back into the red or back into the black, man. That he was a fixer. So the fact that I called him up years later, and this is like 12, 14 years later. 
Yeah. Oh, oh no. It was, no, 16 years later. 16 years later, I looked him up, and he was still working for Pizza. And he's like, well, what do you want to talk to me about? Well, you're you're a colleague now and, and a mentor. I, I really want to talk shop with you, man, because I remember some of the things that you did when I was working there because I can look at it now with, with, you know, with more educated eyes and see what you were doing. I want to pick your brain. And we sat there for almost two hours uh, in the booth and he got pizza and, a, and a drink and shit. And we picked his brain. And I said, dude, I, re- I really appreciate you taking the time. He, he's probably flabbergasted that a dude that worked with him 16 years ago, that he had a fucking can, was actually looking at him and said, hey, man, I could use your advice. Holy shit. He realized it probably mattered to somebody. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? Anyone would have called him a nigger. They're going to be fucking fighting me. Nah, dude. He's not like that. He's one of the good ones. Is, man. There's a lot of cool folks out there that don't want to start any shit. But a lot of these homies that walk around with their britches hanging off their shit, ball cap off to the side, gold chains, walk around, chuck your jeep, smoking blunts. Dude, those are fucking niggers, and they'd be treated what they are, man. Absolute just scum. Scum. Now, every now and then, some of these guys might actually have a kid and might straighten them up. That's probably because the fucking girlfriend that they're with actually probably beat their fucking ass. Motherfucker, you knock me out. You better be fucking being around. Boom, 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 boom. You come on home late, bitch. I'm beating you with a dough roller, motherfucker. Put the fear of the gods into them, man. I mean, seriously, that's how it is. But again, that goes back to our women folk being strong, being traditional, having roles, man. In some cases, women are the backbones of the fucking family. You revere them. You fear them in some cases because they don't fuck around. You had a grandmother. She wasn't just cantankerous. She just didn't take any shit. And so that we need to respect our women's roles and support them when they go and do these athletic events, man. Don't let these transgenders get in there and, 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 and beat them or fuck them over. Dude, there's a reason why we set aside all this shit for women so they have a chance to shine in their own fucking spheres, man. But the same stroke, we don't want to keep encouraging women to go out to the workplace. I like women having a career, yes. And some women are very good at bouncing a career with a family. I get it. But the same stroke, though, I and I don't want fucking lazy-ass women just sitting her dead ass because they think, oh, this is the 1950s, and my, my, my husband just bring home the fucking check. Those days are gone, dude. You will never see those ever again. Unions killed all that shit. And then all the uh, exportation of our jobs to all the all the other countries and shit because of NAFTA and China agreements and shit killed that ever happening again. And believe me, there's a lot of women that make a hell of a lot more money than their fucking men folk because either they further their education or they've gotten the opportunity or they have the drive to go and get those higher positions that paid more or even become entrepreneurs and start their own business and got on a good niche. And there's a lot of husbands that are very supportive. Come in on a free time and help the wives out with their fucking endeavors. The thing is, you have to decide again. Do you want a free state or a terror state? Because a free state isn't free. You have to work for it. You have to fight for it. Freedom isn't passed along in the bloodstream. It has to be fought for every day, every generation. And every time Congress is in session, we lose freedoms every fucking day. They chip at it like a stone off a fucking statue, okay? 
The statue is always there. You're just clearing away the pieces. So the statue is the tyranny. The whole marble is is the whole fucking thing. And the more and more they keep chipping at it, and you see that fucking the 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 Baphomet sitting there, because that's the thing that's going to rule over you, dude. It's coming. It's absolutely coming. You need to stand up, and be counted. You need to take. You need to respect our women. We need to fucking actually go um, encourage them to it not only succeed but excel. There's a difference between just succeeding and excelling. They have an opportunity, and maybe they're comfortable in their niche. But you're like, hey, honey, why don't you go for that fucking promotion? Or you know your manager's getting ready to retire or be transferred. Try to fill her shoes. Is she a mentor? You know, fill her spot. You can always consult with her, man. So, again, we need to encourage our girls to step up. We need to ensure that they, it is good that they are girls, that they are women, especially if they're white. To be proud of their heritage. Don't let some fucking jigaboo fucking tell you, fuck you, white bitch. Like, no, fuck you, black bitch. Because the fact that I'm proud of my heritage, you ain't got no heritage, motherfucker. What what accomplishments have have your people done? You still can't even design a two-story mud hut, motherfucker. We've had civilizations come, go, rebuild, and multiply. What the fuck have you done in the same amount of time in 2,000 years? You ain't done shit. Still can't make a two-story mud hut. There's a reason why. And, and Asians are more higher intelligent than us. Yeah, that's all fine and good. Did they ever go out and fucking explore the world? No. Europeans did. Europeans mapped everything. Europeans come up with fucking, uh, uh, coming up with uh, space travel and everything else. Anything that people could imagine, a white person fucking did most of it. Probably 99.8% of it. So the bottom line is this. You need to make sure that you stand up for your people and stand up now. Don't stand up tomorrow. Tomorrow is too fucking late. Be Spartacus. If Spartacus isn't stepping up or say, hey, dude, I got this. But, man, stand up and be counted. That scene that I played from Spartacus is inspirational, dude. They all knew what was going to happen once they all stood up. It's It's just like fucking William Wallace, Mel Gibson saying fucking Braveheart, you know? Are you... Are, do you want to be years from now sleeping in your bed wishing that you could have went back to that very day? That you could have done something, you could have changed everything? Or do you just want to be coming in the comfort zone of what they've given you, what little privileges they've allowed you to have instead of fighting for your rights? They may take our... They, they may... the the. What was the battle cry I said? They may take our somebody never take our freedom. I mean, however is that I haven't seen the movie in a while, so I mean the point was is dude, you're not born free. You're always gonna be eternal struggle. That is nature's doing. Anytime we build something and then we let it go, weeds grow up through it, right? Nature takes everything back. If you want to keep it clean, you have to maintain it. You have to fucking stay on top of it and be supportive. Because otherwise, nature will always take it every fucking time. So my point is, man, step up and be counted. We as whites are fucking getting diminished because we're allowing our voices to be drowned out or muted entirely. Every day a January 6th prisoner is in fucking prison, 
is in jail or falsely imprisoned, that could be you, motherfucker. I said that in the show the other week. That could be you coming. If you don't stand up now, there won't be anybody later. It's like Martin Neumeyer was saying, supposing when all the Nazis came for the industrial, since I wasn't industrious, I didn't say anything. When they came for this, they came for that, they came for the Jews. Finally, they came for me. And since there was no one left to speak up for me, well, there you go. So it's coming. Like, I'm a big fan of Hard Rock and Heavy Metal. It's mostly white-based, but I'm starting to see a lot more metal being infused with colored folks. You know, you got, uh, obviously, Living Color is all black. You got Seven Dust, okay? With, what was it, LeJohn Witherspoon? And then you've got, uh, in Ad Infinium, the chick singer that's in there is a mix. She's a Switzerland something mix. They won't tell you what the what the dark mix is, but she's half Swiss. So, I mean, the point is we're starting to see a lot more of the metal community starting to get starting to get colorized, which means they're not finding white guys that are fucking playing rock and metal anymore. They're starting to diminish. And Europe has always had a big, huge metal um, thing going on. So, I mean, my point is things are changing very quickly. So you'd better be stepping up now. Or there's not going to be anybody later on. And you will be overwhelmed. The art of war only works for so long before you're eventually going to be completely succumbed by a larger force. But all throughout history, all throughout history, you've had smaller forces defeat defeat larger ones. In many cases. Whether it's the the Koreans fighting against the Japanese, when Yun Sun Si actually had, was it... uh, Ten ships. Yeah, he had ten ships against an amount of three hundred. Let me see here. Twelve ships. It was twelve ships versus three hundred. There's an excellent film in this called The Admiral. Roaring Currents. Definitely a film worth checking out. Uh, in the year 1597, when the Joseon Dynasty faces imminent ruin by the Japanese. Disgraced Admiral Yi Sun Shin is summoned as a last resort to lead the kingdom's remaining 12 ships and an army of doubtful soldiers against the emperor's 300-strong fleet. Powerful, powerful film. And I do believe this is the second film by this particular director, which I think is, is Kim Han Min, who also did The War of the Arrows. So again, um, Powerful film, dude. Very inspirational. I love reading history and finding out things that happened in the past and inspiring you. I mean, just like Alamo. You know, Alamo knew that they they were going to be overran by fucking Santa Ana, but that was what they that was the the spark that needed to the spark the Texas Revolution. It bought San Houston time, and he was against a major superior force at uh, was it San Jacinto and and and. Beat Santa Ana. Beat him. And made him capitulate right there. So again, this is why they're taking down our monuments, because they don't want to see people that rose up against tyranny before, that rose up against oppression, and actually are inspirational. While okay if you listen to Queensryche, Operation Mindcrime, or you listen to Fear Factories, Obsolete. The characters in those particular albums are inspirational. They stood up to tyranny and fucking won. 
or at least had resistance. Be Michael Collins standing up for the Irish. Again, it could be anything. But the point is, if you stand up, others will follow you. And a lot of times, I've said this before, the best leaders in history are the ones that were the most reluctant to lead. Either they are forced into it or fell into their fucking hands by necessity, and they had to deal with it. Most people don't realize the potential they have for leadership until it actually comes to that time. People make mistakes. Some people are born for this shit. Others run for it. Others run from it. When the real shit hits the fan, people think that they, they were in a leadership position, can't handle the stress, and fucking run. Not everybody could be an Alexander. But a lot of people end up being Darius, who ran at Gagamela. So again, stand up and be counted, man. Stand up and be counted. All it takes is one voice to say no, and the system trembles. You don't have to be a great public speaker. You don't have to fucking be an, you know, rah, 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 rah. Just call it as it is, man. Sometimes just being a straight talker. Not everybody can be Hitler when it comes to fucking speeches. Not everybody can be Ronald Reagan and have great stories. But people can still be inspirational just by doing it. That's all it takes. I can't tell you how many people that I've encountered said I've inspired them to fucking do podcasts or, or to fucking uh, go after certain things because they thought something was wrong. Okay? So if I can influence one person, man, that's all that matters. Who knows how many I've influenced just by doing this broadcast. So, again, it's time to step up. Free state or terror state, you decide. Okay, so the closing song tonight is going to be Legacy and the title track, Stand and Conquer, from the recently uh, remastered and reissued 20th anniversary uh, CD, which features three live bonus tracks, which actually has four songs. And... um, uh, it, it was good to see the guys all together again and got to see Patrick's face, you know. Uh, that was very cool, Patrick Palmer's family, to do that. And, uh, um, again, just reminds me of how much of a good album that is. That someone recognized it as well as I did in 2003. So here's the closing song for tonight, Stand and Conquer by Legacy.
You're listening to Resolution Radio. 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 ResolutionRDO.com. My brothers, my sisters, I bring you a message of solidarity, a call to action, and a demand for adherence to duty of an Aryan resurgence and ultimately total Aryan victory. We have broken the chains of Jewish thought. We know not the meaning of the word, mine, it is ours. Our race, the totality of our people. Ten hearts, one beat. One hundred hearts, one beat. Ten thousand hearts, one beat. We are born to fight and to die and to continue the flow. The flow of our people. Onward we will go, onward to the stars, high above the mud, the mud of yellow, black, and brown. So kinsman, duty calls. The future is now. If months from now you have not yet fully committed yourself to the Alliance, then you have an effect not only betrayed your race, you have betrayed yourself. So stand up like men and drive the enemy into the sea. Stand up like men and swear a sacred oath upon the green graves of our sires that you will reclaim what our forefathers discovered, explored, conquered, settled, built, and died for. Stand up like men and reclaim our soil. Kinsmen, arise. Look toward the stars and proclaim our destiny. Defeat never, victory forever. Electrify your day with Secret 12. It's like lightning in a bottle. We all have days in which we just can't seem to perform at the level we'd like to. InfoWars Live Secret 12 is designed to naturally energize your body and mind with two great tasting and super high quality forms of vitamin B12. Proper vitamin and nutrient intake is essential to keep your body functioning at optimum levels. The reality is, it's hard to take in the proper amount of vitamins we need each day with our modern diets. Secret 12 by InfoWars Live is an easy way to naturally upgrade your vitamin B12 intake and support your body's natural system. It pairs two forms of vitamin B12 into one explosive formula. Vitamin B12 supports healthy energy levels through red blood cell formation and aiding in the body's natural processes, but it also assists with many other functions of the body. Electrify your mind and body and take your health to the next level. Experience the power of Secret 12 at InfoWarsLife.com. That's InfoWarsLife.com. Are you prepared to bug out? Infidel Body Armor and an Army Ranger have produced a high-speed DVD and book to show you how to drive in combat, patrol, and how to survive in combat. Skills you'll need when it hits the fan. Go to DrivenDVD.com. DrivenDVD.com. 